Blog Talk Radio. Kingway Sucks, Beer Lockers, Action, Very Weird, Captain Pike, Cisco's Wife, Klingons and the Afterlife, Boimler, Tendy's Dog, Ransom is Very Hot, Four Drive, Black Alert, Giorgio has gone berserk. Teacher, bad left, Edward is an idiot, Fuck is dead, Wolf is wed, Chekhov's wearing red, Zeta's cat, Kempak's at, you has had enough of that, beam me up, make it so, everybody let's go. We are Well, good evening, Trekkies and Trekkers around the globe. But that incredibly awesome theme song, do you know what that means? Do you know what time it is? What are you? Why are you squatting? We're going to die! Stop that! I can't. It's leg day. That's right. It's leg day, people. And you know what? And you know what leg day means? Leg day means we're going to be talking about Star Trek Lower Decks. So you definitely want to hang around with us. But we have a lot more stuff to talk about. We have a great show. Charles, um, if you guys listened last week, uh, I really couldn't talk. I was uh, pneumonia. My throat is still a little sore. I'm coughing a little bit. My chest is still bothering me, but, but I'm talking much better. Uh, so um, I was unable to attend the Star Trek Las Vegas 55-year mission. But Charles was there, and he reported live from the convention last week. And this week, Charles is going to talk a little bit about some of the highlights, what it was like at the convention, what were the crowds like, uh, hanging out with the Gorn and the Leslie Hoffman. And uh, we're just going to talk to Charles a little bit and, and get a feel for what it was like to be in Las Vegas last weekend. So you definitely don't want to miss that. As I already said, we're going to be talking about Star Trek Lower Decks, Episode 2, Kajan, His Eyes Wide Open. Interesting title, interesting episode. But wait, there's more. We're going to also have a, an update from Ken Mitchell um, on his, um, uh, his ALS. Uh, Discovery Season 4 is back in filming. I wonder what's going on. You'll have to stay tuned to find out. And is it possible for Harry Mudd to show up on Strange New Worlds? Hmm, I wonder. All that and so much more. Our phone number here is 646-668-2433. Give us a call right now and join the conversation. Just remember, it's leg day, okay? So we want to have some fun with that. All right. I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, and I'm coming to you live from Rutland, Vermont, right here in the good old U.S. of A. And with me, as usual, are my Trek experts. As I said earlier, we'll start off with uh, Charles. He's out in Las Vegas. How you doing tonight, Charles? I'm doing good. <clears throat> I may get a little bit of a cough here or there. My system's cleared up, but... It's hard to walk outside at times because every few days the winds change and it's not a high degrees out there, but we're also getting smoke pushed into the valley. So it's 
it's a little cooler out, but then the air quality is so great. Wow, I'm still I'm still upset that I missed that whole that whole thing. But there's always next year. We'll see what happens. And uh, we also have with us Eric. Eric's out in Portland. How you doing tonight, Eric? I am doing great. Uh, we have been enjoying a very nice set of nice weather here lately after our 100-plus degree days we had uh, like a week or so ago, a week or more ago. Today it's like 78 degrees and just really, really beautiful outside. But uh, my thoughts are definitely with uh, all the people in the fire-affected areas. I have some family down in Tahoe. I've seen some of the new fires that are going down down there. And uh, we've got some around uh, Salem, Eugene, here in Oregon. So uh, uh, we're thinking about all you know, uh, affected by the fires out here out west. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot going on out there, guys. Uh, try to stay safe if, as best as you possibly can. Uh, we are closing in on 36,000 downloads of our podcast. I'm sure we're going to break that by next week. So that's awesome. Uh, head over to our Facebook page at Truck Talking and Beyond. That's A-N-D, Beyond. We have 60,597 followers. Wow. I, I think wow. we broke. That's a, This is our first week breaking 60,000. So that means we had 600 plus in the last week. That is awesome. Thank you, guys. Yeah, we're, we're flying. So uh, you guys can go over there. Give us a like. Give us a follow. And you'll never miss any of the awesome news or any of our show updates, and well, I'll save that for the next segment. So uh, please head over to our Facebook page and give us a like and give us a follow. You can also find all of our previous shows on blogtalkradio.com backslash trektalking. Uh, we have over 363 shows, I believe, or 65 Something podcasts. like that, yes. It's a lot. And it's a lot. There's a lot. One for each day of the all- year. It pretty much, they're all uh, they're all archived there, so you can go all the way back to the days before Charles and Eric, if if you felt so inclined to. Um, they're all there, ready for you to enjoy. So please check that out. And without any further ado, we like to start off the show by going around the globe and find out where our listeners are globally. And for that, we turn to Eric. Thanks, Jim. Uh, Well, as always, about three-quarters of our listeners come from the United States, where we broadcast from in the Triangle of Awesomeness. But our number one international listener, Holden Steady, and I believe they took this position just last week or maybe two weeks ago. It was not that very uh, long ago. Our brothers and sisters to the North, Canada, still holding down that number one spot with 6.08% of our listeners. So thank you so much for being so supportive of us. even when we do dumb stuff is the United States. <laughs> we love you, Canada. <laughs> In that number two spot, we have the UK with 4.70% of our listeners. That is up just a skosh from last week, so that's kind of cool. Thank you, folks. In the UK, you have always been very supportive of us, and uh, your numbers always show it. Uh, Australia is in that number three spot with 4.59% of our listeners. Now, if you do your math there, uh, you're only about a tenth uh, of a percentage away from the UK. So could there be an upset next week? I don't know. We'll have to pay attention. Uh, in our number four spot, Ireland, also from the island, with 1.78% of our listeners. So thank you, folks, from Ireland, right adjacent to the UK there. And Norway, 
Norway, you are holding down that number five spot. I don't know how you do it, but 1.41% of our listeners come from around your way. And thank you so much for being so supportive of our podcast. It really, really means a lot to us, guys. Uh, whether you come from the U.S. or you come from outside the U.S., uh, you know, we do it because we like doing it for other people. I mean, we do it for ourselves, but it's way more fun doing it for other people, right, Jim? Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't. Who wants to hear us just talking to ourselves like a bunch of talking heads, you know? Yeah, uh, we like yuck, to, yuck, yuck. We like <laughs> to involve you. And I'm, I'm talking up to you, that guy in Australia, that dude. Yeah, you, that guy. And, Call uh, us. Yeah, that, we want to stop calling you the dude. Uh, call us back so we can put a name to you. <laughs> that would be I'm awesome. I'm ever hopeful, Jim. You know, I'm the eternal optimist. I believe one day he will call the podcast and we will know his name. Yes, I. That was so cool. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so we go around the globe, but we also break it down by cities, and which is really cool. We go regional. Uh, there, uh, unfortunately, really hasn't been much change. Well, a tiny, tiny bit of a change. But I think we can owe that all to Charles. Uh, but anyways, we like to do our top cities. So, uh, Charles, what do we got going on around our top cities this week? Well, thanks, for Eric, for covering the top cities last week. As I didn't have my notes or had problems hearing. But Indianapolis, Indiana, near Shannon, is still 37. Eric in Portland, Oregon is still 23rd. Portland. And Las Vegas dropped 1 to 18. And who knows, that might have been a few people sitting in Las Vegas down the podcast on their break, listening to a new podcast because they walked by a table and suddenly learned there's a new podcast out there to learn about. That's what especially I'm thinking. When they could hear about, especially when they could hear about some of the opinions of what was going on at, at the convention. And then our top 10 is stable this week. San Pablo, Brazil is still 10th. Brisbane, Queensland, Australia is 9th. San Antonio, Texas is 8th. Chicago, Illinois is 7th. Toronto, Ontario, Canada is 6th. Los Angeles, California is fifth. Sydney, New South Wales, Australia is fourth. Melbourne, Victoria, Australia is third. London, UK is second. And New York City is uh, number one. Yeah, I think I think New York City's got the number one pretty much nailed down, but we'll see what happens. So, as I said at the top of the show, guys, uh, head over to our Facebook page, Truck Talking and Beyond, and uh, help us break 61,000 by next week. That would be cool. Uh, You'll see pinned at the top of the page, a giant live long and prosper. All you need to go and tell us where you're listening from. Drop us a little note. And if you see a heart (coughs) next to your name, that means yours truly, Uncle Jim, has chosen your name. And you're going to hear yourself on a future fan shout-out. So, Eric, who do we have in our fan shout-outs for this week? Well, our number one fan shout-out this week goes out to top fan Cesar Quieros from our number 10 city, San Paulo, Brazil. And he gives us a little live long and prosper uh, hand. So thank you so much, Cesar. 
so nice to have you along the way. And you're a top fan, so you pay a lot of attention on our Facebook page, and we really appreciate that. Uh, Katrona Sawkins from Bondi, New South Wales in Australia says hello. And uh, that's New South Wales. That's near one of our other top cities, uh, Sydney. So thank you so much, Katrona, for listening to us. We're also saying hello this week to Mirko Guthwort in Lower Saxony, Germany. Uh, We love our listeners right in the center of Europe there. We get lots of people from Germany. I keep expecting Germany to show up in our top five. I think it did once, and then it sort of faded out. So uh, come on, Germany. Maybe Mirko can uh, help us out there and push it, push just a little bit further up the list. Uh, we're saying hello this week to Martha Enriquez Emanuelson in Monterey, Mexico. Hello, Martha. Thank you so much for listening to us. And my final shout-out this week goes out to Rolando Manuel B. Alves from Pico Island in Azores, Portugal, which is pretty cool to have some listeners down in Portugal as well. Who's on your list this week, Charles? Okay. I'm going to start off with Tom Solomon from right here in Las Vegas. Name doesn't sound familiar, but I never know who's around Vegas. I got Donita Gentry from Seattle, Washington. What's up, Seattle? Hey, Benito. I'm heading up your direction next month. Darlene Hughes from Nova Scotia, Canada. Claudia Haas from Nuremberg, Germany. And Denny Vern MacArthur from Lower Hutt, New Zealand. I wonder if he's related to the famous MacArthur. Jim, what about your list? Well, on my list, we like to say hello and thank you for listening to Samantha Boyens from Cape Town, South Africa. We also like to say hello and thank you to top fan Mario Argona from the Bronx, New York, U.S. of A., our number one city. Represent, Mario, represent. That's so cool, and, uh, I love I love that you got to announce him because you are the only person amongst us who would have said Mario instead of Mario, which is a total New York thing. So go Bronx. <laughs> Bro Bronx. Uh, okay, so it's the home of the Yankees. Uh, I can let that slide. I'll let that slide, but <laughs> that's cool. Jim's a, Jim's a Mets fan, and I'm a Red Sox fan, so we're both kind of like, eh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> But we'll let that slide, Mario. That's okay. Thanks for listening and representing our number one city. We'd also like to say hello, thank you, and kapla to Nancy Brock Barr from Detroit, Michigan, the home of Axel Foley from uh, Beverly Hills Cop, played by the awesome, 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 awesome Eddie Murphy. We'd also like to say hello and thank you to Mark Savage from Sydney, Australia. Good eye, mate. And last but not least, we'd like to say thank you and kapla to Karina Lynn Lewis from Cleveland, Ohio. Thank you so much to each and every one of you guys. And as I said, if you'd like to hear your name on a future fan shout-out, it's very simple. Head over to our Facebook page, Chuck Talking and Beyond, A-N-D. Spell that all out. You'll find us, and you'll see the Live Long and Prosper symbol. Just tell us where you're from. And every week we pick 15 lucky fans, and it could be you. So head on over there, give us a like, give us a follow, and maybe you'll be on a future fan shout-out. So at this point in the show, we do our Star Trek birthdays. 
than future people would be. And where Rick Berman, I think, was in charge of Star Trek for the majority of its existence, that that huge chunk in the middle when it was when it was ruling the airwaves. And uh, now we have Alex Kurtzman, who's in charge of it on Paramount Plus. And then uh, so Gene uh, had a very small uh, portion of Star Trek that he actually uh, was in charge of. And the rest of Star Trek has been created based upon his ideas through the course of the decades. And who knows where Star Trek will end up in the next 55 years. But if it wasn't for Gene Roddenberry, we wouldn't have it. And actually, oddly enough, I think it's great that a birthday that we had last week uh, is actually uh, as much as responsible for Star Trek as I think Gene Roddenberry is. And that was Lucille Ball. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for sure. The one who actually put it on the air for us. Yeah. Yeah. So the Lucille Ball and Gene Roddenberry, uh, great, great team there. And great time of year to have a birthday. Love summer birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, let's move. We're also remembering this week Jorgen Johnson, uh, who played Admiral Gromek in the TNG episode The Emissary, a very excellent episode. So uh, happy birthday, Jorgen Johnson. We're saying happy birthday and remembering Jane Webb this week, who played the character Lara in the TAS episode, Jihad. And I'm excited to be having a TAS episode birthday this week because we've got some great TAS episode references in our lower decks this week. So happy birthday, Jane Webb. We're sending uh, our love and uh, happy birthday remembrances out to Willard Sage, who played the character Than in TOS's The Empath. We're also saying happy birthday to Laura Wood, Elaine Johnson, in TOS's episode, The Deadly Years. We're saying happy birthday and sending out our remembrances to Andrew Koenig, uh, the son of Walter, who played the character of Tumac in DS9's episode, Sanctuary. Uh, great that we had two generations of Koenigs in uh, Star Trek over the years. We're saying happy birthday and sending remembrances out to Glenn Corbett, who played Zephram Cochran in TOS's episode Metamorphosis, uh, not the actor you're thinking of from First Contact, uh, the very first time we get to see Zephram Cochran. So happy birthday to Glenn Corbett. We're also so uh, let happy me ask birthday. you, yeah. I, got yeah, go a, I got a question about that for a second here. We, we've got about a, well, anyways. So uh, somebody was on the Facebook page was commenting on the fact that when they, when they made First Contact, they cast an actor who was old, who looked totally different and who was an alcoholic and that, that they completely botched up first contact by doing that because that's not the way Gene Roddenberry wrote the character of Zephyr Cochran. I, I pointed out to this fan that first of all, uh, you know, I, you know, this actor's dead. So, um, you know, they recast him. That's cool. But the Zephyr Cochran that we meet in first contact it is clearly pointed out to us through his actions and through the comments that the, that the uh, Star Trek character, well, that the, the, um, that our crew makes to him, that the Zephram Cochran that we're meeting in this movie is not the same Zephram Cochran that he becomes later after he meets the Vulcans and after he, he grows into the man that he's destined to become this, this Zephram Cochran is, is pre that man. 
So um, I didn't really have a big problem with the fact that he was a different character because he was living in a different time and he hadn't done the things that he was destined to do yet. And we also don't know just exactly what the, the companion uh, effect had on him. I mean, you know, living inside of this cloud, you know, she could have regenerated him. She could have done all kinds of things that we don't know about. But at any rate, uh, we have to take our first commercial break of the evening, guys. And because it's leg day, um, we're going to play this for you. Computer ramming speed. (coughs) Wow, would you look at that? A view like this makes you realize it doesn't matter what deck you work on. We're all in it together. And they left us. They left us. How much oxygen do we have? A lot? A little? Ballpark? Good morning, Serena! Lieutenant Kayshawn, welcome to the Cerritos. Rapunky, when he joined the Seven. Computer, ramming speed. This could be your year to get promoted. Is that what it takes? Yes! Okie dokie. Only thing missing is Boimler. Think of all the fun adventures he's going on. Oh, God. Get him out of there. Ah! Oh! Ah! look like a lot, but when it comes to a fight, us Starfleet officers are trained to throw down at... Let it roll! Oh! you run? Ah! And who among us hasn't been pooped out by an alien creature? It is not... Don't touch me! Oh, crap. It's the evil computer. Friends, I'm worried about you. My scans indicate you could lose a couple pounds. Excuse me? Our ship might not be the biggest... Oh, oh sh- and we might do the missions nobody else wants. Come on, you've been in tougher spots than this. Thanks, Tom Paris. I am a little worried about the fumes in here, though. You know, since you're talking to a plate. (laughs) But we are still Starfleet. The Ferengi got everyone else. It's up to you guys. If only we had special powers. We do. Maybe not here, but here. Our skin. Our brains. Uh, brains. It's our brains. Brains are inside of our skin. There's a team waiting to take me to the break, isn't there? Oh, you know me so well. Love you, Mom! Love you, too! Never disobey me again! I do what I want! And we're back, and we're in the middle of our Star Trek birthdays and remembering those who are no longer with us. And who else is on your list tonight, Eric? Well, we have three more people on our list tonight who are no longer with us that would have had birthdays this this week. Our first uh, one that we'll go back through is Don Kiefer, who played the character of Cromwell in TOS's episode, Assignment Earth. Now, I just wanted to mention uh, this gentleman here. uh, He has a ton of acting credits. You may not know him from this episode necessarily, uh, but he has appeared in uh, everything. Gunsmoke, uh, Twilight Zone, Mission Possible, uh, Bonanza, Barnaby Jones, uh, Andy Griffith Show, Quincy, Starsky and Hutch. I mean, he was in everything from that time period. Definitely an actor we would recognize. So happy birthday and remember this going out to Don Kiefer. We're also saying happy birthday and sending out our love to one of the heavy hitters of Star Trek, one of the people that we actually bring up on a regular basis. Uh, one of Jim's favorites, I might say. Uh, Harv Bennett would have had a birthday this week. 
He, of course, was the producer of Star Trek's, uh, the Star Trek movies two through five. Uh, also a co-writer uh, on Star Trek's three through five. Right, Jim? Absolutely. And he actually appears in Star Trek five. He's the admiral that sends the Enterprise to the um, uh, planet of galactic peace. That's right. And he uh, he made that uh, he filmed that scene on October 11th, 1988 uh, and was very happy to be involved. He looks uh, looks pretty good in uniform. So uh, happy birthday yep. to Harv. Happy birthday to Harv Bennett, uh, who would have had a big birthday this week. Um, and we do miss you. And our final one this week goes out to William Marshall, another very recognizable actor who has been in many things. Uh, he, in his Star Trek credits, uh, has the role of Dr. Richard Daystrom from TOS's episode, The Ultimate Computer, uh, the person for whom the Daystrom Institute is uh, eventually named, uh, the inventor of the M5 computer, uh, maybe a little bit, uh, you know, uh, crazy, but that's okay because all geniuses are just a, a little bit crazy. <laughs> but uh, William Marshall did a great job in that role. I love that episode, The Ultimate Computer. Um, I just, I just thought he was fantastic. Not only that, but uh, Gene Romberry, uh and I don't know who hired this man or who decided uh, what he was going to be, but here we are in the 60s, and it turns out the leader of uh, the Daystrom Institute, you know, the person who knows the most about robotics and eventually uh, androids, uh, was a black man, which was a big deal back in the 60s. So um, happy birthday to William Marshall, and thank you for playing that awesome role. Absolutely. Uh, Charles. Charles, who's, uh, who's still with us that has a birthday this week? Okay, well, let's start off with Nico Amaya, who played one of many Yeoman Tamora in TOS's Case of Armageddon. I must say there was more than one Tamora, but more than one Yeoman. We saw lots of Yeoman come through on TOS. So many Yeoman. Barbara Bouchette played... Kalina, Kalinda, in TOS's by any other name. Christian Slater played com officer, played a com officer in I just want to say that I was a huge Christian Slater fan back in the day, and when Star Trek VI came out, and he was uh, on the screen in a Star Trek movie, I just completely freaked out. I just, I just thought it was so cool. I don't know much about the guy, but I loved his movies back in the day. Yeah, that that was a well, that was a really surprising uh, guest appearance. It's like, what is he doing in Star Trek? This is so cool. Well, I think well, Star actually, Star Trek was a place that everyone that everyone wanted to be a part of. Mm-hmm. So even if you got a bit part and you were a rock singer, you still showed up in Star Trek. His mother was a was one of the producers on Star Trek VI, and got him that role. And uh, if you notice, he has no name; he's just the com officer. He did it. He did it just to do it because he wanted to be in Star Trek, which I think is really cool. Very cool. Then we've got Lou Wagner who played Demon. Paulus in TNG Chain of Command Part One, 
and also played Crux in CS9 in Vegas. Joshua Clark played Lieutenant Joseph Perry in Voyager. John Lewis, ah, good time to catch John Lewis if we're going to be talking about her especially in a few minutes. Who plays Captain Freeman in Lower Deck? It's leg day! Lower de- and, I think our first Lower Deck's birthday that I can... I mean, we must have had one before, but I don't remember another we one. We've a couple of them. But have we? Okay. This one especially because she played a major... She played a primary role in this episode. It was mm-hmm. definitely a captain's episode. And then finally, Diane Muldoor, who played Dr. Miranda Jones in TOS, is in Otuus No Beauty, and Dr. Anne Mulhall in Return to Tomorrow, but is better known as Dr. Catherine Pulaski. And season two of the next generation. Yep. One who replaced Doctor Crusher for one season. Who was an interesting doctor, but I'm not sure she just quite made it the flair that they were hoping for. Yeah, I kind of feel like she was one of those characters who I will, I mean, I will always defend Dr. Pulaski because I liked her, uh, what I'll say, bonesiness, if you know what I mean, like her her saltiness, her willingness to kind of like be a little edgy with people in the crew uh, versus Gates McFadden, who is a very kind of loving, nurturing, motherly type of doctor, right? Um, so I didn't mind the character that uh, Kate Mulder, or excuse me, Diana Mulder played. Uh, in fact, I really liked Dr. Pulaski. Um, I think she didn't get a fair shake. I think she was kind of like written a little weirdly in a couple of episodes, but she will always for me have the tea ceremony with Walt. That's the special. Yes. The but special that, I, was, I think I I was going to say that. Is, I was going to say, I think the one thing is we really didn't have the major character that didn't get along, along as well in TOS, but we got more of those type of characters later in the season, later in, in other series like Discovery. We get a lot more cons in there that Roddenberry kind of prevented from having at one point. Well, and Charles, I honestly think that the world wasn't ready, and I'm I'm going to get a little bit on my soapbox, but very very shortly, I think that the world wasn't ready for the salty woman medical doctor on the Enterprise. I think that people. Um, saw the way that she was written and they just kind of dismissed her right away and just thought, oh God, she's a naggy woman, you know, and they didn't really like go into the fact that her character was really actually super insightful and actually a really, really good doctor in the way that she would manage patients and that sort of stuff. Totally different from Gates McFadden, of course, but like 
she was not a bad character at all. And I, that's why I always defend Dr. Pulaski. I, I think she was fine. Um, and I understand why they kind of like, she was also put in a really tough position. I mean, come on, you had to replace yeah. a character that everybody loved. <laughs> well, I, I think that well, I the, the biggest reason, mm-hmm. I think the main reason why, yeah. why she wasn't popular and why fans didn't like her, at least, what I remember hearing at conventions in their early years is the fact that she didn't get along with data and she intentionally said his name wrong repeatedly. And then she would make comments like, well, it doesn't matter. He's just an Android. It doesn't matter. And she never, she never referred to, she never interacted with data on equal footing. She always thought of him as a toaster or her attitude about data uh, just wasn't, wasn't a good one and I think that and Data was such a popular character that'd be like somebody not liking Spock on TOS uh, well, so I think I that's think, I, I think you know I totally think that's right. the main reason yeah you're totally right Jim but she got one season to play that character and they didn't give her enough of a character because you could imagine in today's world right I mean we've got people like Giorgio getting amazing character arcs and actually finding redemption over the course of two or three seasons. So, um, you know, if they had given uh, her another crack at that character for maybe even one more season, maybe she would have had enough interactions with Data that all of a sudden, you know, she comes around and maybe maybe she learns a little something along the way. She had a lot of value to bring to that character. And I agree. I agree. But she also didn't get a chance to sort of play it out. No, but but her but her scene, her tea ceremony with Warp is one of my favorites. Amazing, amazing, absolutely. Yeah. And that just shows you how intuitive she was, right? She was like, I understand how important this is to you, and I'm going to share this moment with you. And that to me just shows you the kind of person that Doctor Pulaski actually was. Yeah, she she had potential. That's for sure. <laughs> so there you go. That's me defending. Dr. Pulaski. <laughs> so just to finish up the birthdays, um, I'm going to start off on my birthdays with happy birthday to B.J. Davis, who played Yeoman Burke in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Uh, he was one of the assassins that beamed over to the Klingon ship and killed the Chancellor. Uh, we'd also like to say happy birthday to Angela Dorman, who played Ricky in the Voyager episode, The Cloud and The Meld. And here's an interesting one. We'd like to say happy birthday to Benjamin David Tomlinson, who plays Linus in Star Trek Discovery. Uh, he was at Star Trek Las Vegas as well. Um, I can't believe that he is all over a crewmate at one yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'd also like to say happy birthday to Julie Newmar, who played Ellen in the TOS episode Friday's Child, but... I think the majority of us might know her from another 60s campy TV show where she played Catwoman on the original Batman. And I think that's where most people would know her from. So happy birthday to Julie Newmar. I would also like to say happy birthday to Fran Bennett, who played Admiral Shanty in the TNG episode Redemption Part 2. And the last, but definitely not least, the biggest, the best, who shares a birthday with Gene Roddenberry, <clears throat> we'd like to say happy birthday to number one himself, Jonathan Frakes. And uh, actor, director, 
he's directed some of the best episodes of Star Trek, uh, some of the best Star Trek movies uh, he has directed. He's just uh, an awesome guy, which means I have to tell a story now about Jonathan Frakes. Uh, two stories, actually. When, when Star Trek first came out, uh, my wife, well, my, she was my girlfriend at the time, didn't really care for the show, but she thought Riker was so cute. She just loved Jonathan Frakes with his little baby, his baby butt skin, because he didn't have a beard in season one, and she loved him. And so I got her to go to her first Star Trek convention to meet Jonathan Frakes. We drive from Albany all the way up to Syracuse. There's a wicked ice storm. The heater broke in my car. It was a nightmare. We finally got there. Convention was canceled. We're walking into the lobby. Jonathan Frakes is walking out with the convention promoter. And guess what? He's got a beard. And so me and my friend and, and my, my, my girlfriend was kind of afraid to talk to him, walked over to say hello to him. And the convention guy's like, we got to get him on a plane. We're leaving. We don't have time for this. And Jonathan Frakes says, I always have time for my fans. Mm. And we, we went into the ballroom, which was empty, just full of chairs. And he sat down with us and I said to us, well, what do you think about the beard? And uh, <laughs> we were like, well, we, we like it. It's, it's really cool. And he says, well, I think I'm going to keep it for the show. And we're like, oh, that's awesome. And uh, we, we said, can we get a picture with you? And now I, when I say that, this was, be, this was way back in the day when we didn't have photo ops or any of that stuff. So to get a picture with, with a Star Trek actor was a special thing. So uh, he said, absolutely. And he stood up and put his arm around me and my wife, or my girlfriend, and she was just beaming from, from, from ear to ear. It was like the, the best day of her life. And uh, Jonathan gave her a big hug. And she was all blushing, and uh, he thanked us for watching the show, and off he went. He was just gracious and wonderful and awesome. Uh, second time we saw John and the Freaks, we went to a convention in Boston, and uh, they had scheduled a wedding, and they had to empty out the ballroom for the wedding, and his, his plane was delayed. So they emptied out the entire convention. They had all the employees move their cars out of the employees' parking lot, they took all the people from the convention and shuffled us all down to the employees' parking lot. You know, here's five, 600 people walking across this parking lot. Yeah. We all get down to the parking lot. Jonathan Frake shows up to the convention, climbs up in the back of a pickup truck, and does the convention standing on the back of a pickup truck. It was just, so cool. it was just so cool. And then after, after he was done, as I said, this is the early days. So after the, after the actor got done with their Q&A was the autographs, and you didn't pay for it. You just, you, you just got an autograph. So after we were done, Jonathan went on, on the hood of this pickup truck and signed everybody's autographs as they, as they went by. It was just – he was such a cool, cool actor to meet. So that's my Jonathan Frake story. <laughs> well, sorry, guys. I want to throw a Frake I want to throw a Frank story out there that I love, and that was convention from 2019. We're just getting tidbits from Picard, and we really want to know the story about Picard. Jonathan Frakes walks on stage, and you look at his T-shirt, and his T-shirt says, don't ask me, I signed an NDA. <laughs> For those of you guys that don't know what NDA is, that's a non-disclosure agreement. So basically he's walking upstairs saying, I can't tell you anything 
but what the publicist will allow us to say. And I thought that was yeah. hilarious to walk up there with that shirt and sit there and know you can't say anything. Yeah, it hadn't come out that before January. This was August. He couldn't say anything. There was so much going on with that. He couldn't say a word about it. He's such a classy guy. Yeah. Such a classy guy. So happy birthday to Jonathan Frakes. And with that, it's time for Star Trek News. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Incoming transmission. Enter authorization code. Command codes verified. Define parameters of program. Level nine authorization required. Specify parameters. Transfer of data is complete. And guys, all the stories that we're about to talk about, you can read them in their entirety on our Facebook page at Truck Talking and Beyond. <clears throat> I've just summarized them to kind of wet your whistle a little bit, but you can read them in their entirety. And just remember, we are live right now. It's Thursday night, every Thursday night. Not only is it leg day, it's Star Trek day. New episodes of Star Trek drop on Thursday nights on Paramount Plus. And you can hang out with us here on Trek Talking. Give us a call at 646-668-2433 and come on the radio with us live and be immortalized for all of eternity. So give us a call, 646-668-2433. Tell us your story about meeting Jonathan Frakes or what you thought about Lower Decks, what you thought about Star Trek Las Vegas, um, whatever. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. So, Eric, you've got our first story of the evening. Well, just when you thought we were there, Star Trek Discovery Season 4 is not done quite yet. Actress Tara Rosling was recalled to Toronto for more filming. The fourth season of Star Trek Discovery was supposed to be almost complete, with pickup and location shots still happening in Toronto, but much of the main cast, including Anthony Rapp, Mary Wiseman, and David Ajala, uh, already wrapping for the season. Last week, executive producer and co-showrunner Michelle Paradise, as she prepared to head from Los Angeles to Toronto, said the show was headed into the last few weeks of filming. Tara Rosling, who plays Tarina, the president of Navarre, has been in Las Vegas this week for the 55-year mission convention. She appeared at a panel on Wednesday and was scheduled to be signing autographs all week. Friday, a sign went up at Rosling's autograph table saying, Tara was called back to set by CBS with the words, yes, filming more Discovery underneath. Other Discovery actors attending the convention have remained with another planned panel on Sunday. So just a little bit more filming going on, and I anticipate that she is actually going to be a character that we see a little bit more in Season 4. There's a lot of conjecture that perhaps uh, we may see development of a little relationship uh, or at least interest between Tarina and our good friend Saru, played by the masterful Doug Jones. So I'm excited about that. I uh, love to read news <clears throat> about Tara Rosling. Yeah, we've got, a, we've got a lot of news, and a lot of it came out of Star Trek Las Vegas, too. But guess what, guys? We have a caller on the line. Woo-hoo. So, let me, yeah, actually, let me see if I can get this thing to uh, 
pick up. There we go. Hey, good evening. Thank you for calling Trek Talk. And what's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? Hi, I'm David from Portland, Oregon. David. It's David. How you doing, hey, David? David? Um, been good, been good. How are you guys? We've been really good. We haven't heard from you in a while. Everything well? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's been pretty busy. Well, that's good. At least everything is going good with you. So what do you think about Lower Decks? Are you enjoying it so far? Yeah, I really liked the uh, second episode. The first episode didn't get quite get catch me for some reason, but the second one did. I enjoyed it a lot yeah. more. Yeah, just remember, it's leg day. So we got to keep that in mind. <laughs> well, I've been away for a while, so I don't know what leg day is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah we'll, have, we'll have a future episode of leg day. So that's pretty cool. Okay. Well, it's great to have you, have you back with us, David. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, we have another caller here as well. Wow. This is, this is our lucky night, huh? Lighten up the Let boards. Yeah, let me see here. Come on, come on. There we go. Hey, good evening. Thank you for calling Trek Talk. And what's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? This is Shannon. I'm calling from Kentucky. It's Shannon. Hey, How you Shannon. doing, Shannon? Hey, did you yeah, uh, did you get your Star week. Trek uh, Did you get your Star Trek Discovery season three DVD set? I did, but I haven't watched it yet because I'm finishing the book that we talked about last time. So you know, so much Star oh. Trek. Yeah, lots of Star Trek. Lots and lots of Star Trek. But too much Star Trek is always better than not enough Star Trek, right? Yes, I'm not complaining. I just really miss everybody that's to STLV. I mean, that, you know. Yeah. I would, I would like to be there, but that wasn't a good week for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I could not go either. Unfortunately, I was home enjoying. I had my legs up enjoying my pneumonia, so that was that was that. But um, yeah, so I'm I'm glad that you guys called because we have a lot of great stuff to talk about. So that's pretty cool. Hey, our Yay. phone number here is six four six 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 eight two four three three. If you'd like to join David and Shannon, give us a call. We'll get you on the air. So uh, Charles, you've got our next story, which is another one out of Las Vegas. <clears throat> Well, I wish I could have gone to panel. And since I was at the table, the table is not close to the main theater, so I couldn't see any of the panels. But I heard stories about this one. Update on Star Trek Active Battle with ALS. Kenneth Mitchell joined the Star Trek family in 2017 when he viewed as Klingon Cole in the season one of Star Trek Discovery. Since then, he's played two more Klingons, Cole, Asa, and Tevek. And the Emerald Chain scientist, Arillo. Michael has also voiced several other characters in Star Trek Lower Deck. 2018, Michael was diagnosed with amyotrophic Lateral cirrhosis, commonly known as ALS. Through his disease, progressively rapid, he continues to work with his Trek family. The writers and producers at Discovery wrote Arillo specifically for Michael tailoring the character's backstory so that Michael could appear in his wheelchair. He also continued to do voices for Lower Decks. 
Michael recently headlined a panel as official Star Trek convention in Las Vegas gave fan an update about his health, his future universe, and when fans will see him next. Michael is no longer able to speak on his own because of the progression of his ALS. Michael delivered a pre-recorded, pre-recorded comment which were delivered via a computerized voice. Michael jokes that he's been assimilated. He's jokingly worried that his fans' Q&A would turn into a weird game of cards against humanity. Fill in the blank, party game because he wasn't able to respond directly. Michael also equipped that he had been in season four of Discovery as Captain Lorca, because Jason Isaac was too busy to apprise the role. Considering how frontly Discovery production seems to come to his wheelchair for use in season three, it should be interesting to see how they accommodate him in future limitations. Whatever they do, it would be wonderful to see Michael on another in another season. But I did hear comments the fact that he was not able to speak, and that they did have to use a computer voice for him, but that he still showed up and was part of the panel. Yeah, that's a great story, actually. Uh, and actually, yeah. on the DVD, there's a there's a whole uh, ex, a special feature all about him mm-hmm. and what he's gone through. And so, um, when uh, when Shannon gets a chance to watch it, uh, Shannon will be able to uh, enjoy that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll just. Well, say, I do I know think, that. Oh, go ahead. I do know though that there's he talks about the fact that he, nobody's ever asked him to be on the ship. So I sent an email to his producer because somebody in our ship is in a wheelchair and it would mean a lot for her, for him to be, you know, um, just a honorary member of our ship. So hopefully she'll get back to me. Cause that would be that, cool. That's awesome. That would be really cool. Hmm. Yeah. I'll oh. just say that I think, I think Kenneth Mitchell, like he, hmm. he has not only are we following his amazing story through the Star Trek universe, but he has played a couple of really amazing Klingons. Like, when I think of Discovery Klingons, he his portrayal of Core in particular is immediately the first portrayal that I think of. So not only did he get to put his stamp on things, but um, he is continuing to put his stamp uh, as his body is giving up on him. And I just I just think that's an amazing story. You could just say that he's the core of the Klingons. He is the core of the of the Klingon uh, of the Discovery for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that awesome. Or or uh, Mary Chifo as Laurel. She's she's a pretty awesome Klingon too. Also true. Also true. But uh, I, I I had a friend who passed away from ALS, and unfortunately the oh. the uh, expected lifespan of somebody with ALS is not much longer than five years. Um, and I think that Kenneth Mitchell is coming up on that relatively soon. Yeah. Well, uh, I think it also depends on how old they are. But yes, as an adult, they don't last as long as it's like Stephen Hawking or somebody like that right. that has diagnosed really young, and that's how he can live this so long. So, so unfortunately, um, but but Kenneth Mitchell yeah. is awesome. He's played some great he characters. He's given us some great 
great characters on Star Trek to enjoy. And uh, yeah, so at any rate. So we're going to take another quick commercial break, and we're going to hear from my buddy over at Freak Out with Geekery. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Freakopolis Geekery, the premier upstate New York comics and game shop. Centrally located between Saratoga Glens Falls, Ticonderoga, and Rutland, Vermont, the Geekery is a haven for pop culture and science fiction fans. For Star Trek fans, the Geekery features board games like Ascendancy, as well as awesome gaming titles like Star Trek Adventures RPG from Modiphius, Star Trek Away Team Zero Clicks, and of course, Star Trek Attack Wing Ship-to-Ship Tactical Combat for the Tabletop. The Geekery hosts casual play sessions, learn-to-play sessions, and sanctioned organized play tournaments with limited edition prize support. You'll also find comics and trade paperbacks at Freakopolis, including Star Trek titles from IDW. Lots of issues are in stock, and special orders are no problem. Whether you visit in person by shuttlecraft or beam in online to Freakopolis.com, you'll find yourself right at home at the Freakopolis Geekery. And we're back, and my story... Uh, Rain Wilson's trying to get Harry Mudd into Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Dun, 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 dun. Actor Rain Wilson jumped from the office into the 23rd century to play the classic Star Trek character, Harcourt Fenton Mudd, in the first season of Star Trek Discovery and Short Treks. And he is actively trying for more. Wilson appeared on Thursday at Creation Entertainment's 55-year mission, Star Trek convention in Las Vegas and the actor was asked if he would like to return to Star Trek franchise to which he replied hell absolutely however (laughs) this isn't just an openness to the idea Wilson revealed he actively worked to make it happen specifically for the upcoming live action series Star Trek Strange New Worlds Wilson told the Las Vegas crowd quote I've written the producers and said bring Harry Mudd back I'd love to come back. I wrote to the executive producer and co-row showrunner Akiva Goldsmith about Strange New World. And he was like, I don't know. I would need to think about that. So it's out there either way. Maybe if the fans write into the producers saying they want more Harry Mud, they will listen to that. But I would love to do more. Yes. The actor also <laughs> talked about how the character was developed for him. They were excited to write in a kind of reboot of Harry Mudd, who, granted, is a lot darker in the Discovery universe, but everything is a lot darker in Discovery than in any other previous series. So I thought it kind of fit in well. I wanted to bring that same lovable dastardliness, but also gave him a real edge as well. Strange New Worlds just wrapped its work in its first season and will debut on Paramount Plus in 2020. And uh, Charles, you've got some another story that came to us from Star Trek Las Vegas as well. Yeah, and by the way, I saw at least two Harry Mudds at the convention. At least awesome. two. No, his character's even coming back as cosplay. <clears throat> but yeah, I heard this one popped up in somebody, I know, it was a Facebook group. That just popped up, and then I didn't actually see an official story on this, but that I just, this was an interesting comment from one of the panel. Another Star Trek Voyager star reveals Star Trek Pugsy appearance. During a Star Trek Voyager panel on Sunday, 
at the 55-year mission start dimension, one of Clement cast members revealed of a young man captain with Kate Magu on his on her new animated series, animated Star Trek show. Robert Beltran, Voyager's Dakota, told a Las Vegas crowd of Trek fans that he is returning to the Star Trek franchise two, de- two decades after Voyager wrapped up. Prefacing with what he was about, he was about to say with, "I don't know if I'm supposed to say, any, say this or not." I'm working this voiceover animation thing with Kate Mulgrew is doing Church of Prodigy. Shelton didn't reveal if he would be reprising the role of Chicote, but appeared as, but appearing as Jay Wade, Royal First Office seemed to be a good bet. If Beltran is reprising his role, Voyager role, it would likely be a, be a hologram. Of course, Mulgrew herself is voicing the hologram on the U.S. guest photo star. Prodigy was given a two-season order by Paramount Plus, and the first season arrived this fall. So Beltran could appear in either season. This revelation is the first known first known legacy actor joining Kate McGrew on Prodigy. <clears throat> but that I saw the post that said Beltran said, "I'm on Prodigy." It's like, but man, that. Didn't it didn't burst out like I thought it would as breaking news, but that was very interesting for that to pop up, especially on Sunday when things were slowing down a little. Yeah, and like you said, he'd have to be a hologram. It's the only way he could get on there, unless they do a flashback or something. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. It'll be fun. And uh, Eric, you get our final news story of the evening. Another one from uh, the Creation Las Vegas convention. Yeah, and this is a good one. Uh, Michelle Hurd talks Raffi's new confidence and love for Seven in Star Trek Picard Season 2. At Creation's 55-year mission in Las Vegas, Star Trek convention members of the Star Trek Picard cast talked about their characters, Season 2, and more. When we meet Rafi Luthiker, played by Michelle Hurd, in season one of Star Trek Picard, she is living in isolation, dismissed by Starfleet as a conspiracy theorist. However, by the finale, it turns out she was right all along about the Romulans and the attack on Mars. During the panel, Hurd, appearing remotely, talked about how this is now affecting her character as she moves into the new season. She says, it's tricky, isn't it? Because it's the loss of lives that haunts her. So those lives of, uh, are still lost, and it's sort of going, I told you, I told you, uh, had you listened to me. So she's vindicated in that way. But she is sort of a walking heart and empathetic person, and she takes everything personally. And that loss of lives still resonates with her and haunts her. She was right, but she isn't doing the happy dance. She feels a little bit more confident in believing in her own instincts. One of the surprising elements of the final moments of the season of uh, season finale of Star Trek Picard, season one finale, was the indication of a romance between Seven of Nine, played by Jerry Ryan, and Rafi Musiker, played by Michelle Hurd. In responding to a question about how excited she was to explore the relationship in season two, Hurd said, well, 
first of all, seven of nine. Do I really need to speak on that? But for Rafi, for her, yeah, I know, seriously. But for her to witness this woman who is powerful and strong and confident and bold and brave and just fearless, I mean, I don't know how everybody doesn't just sort of want to fall in love with Seven of Nine. And Jerry Ryan is such a phenomenal person and actress and intelligent being, and we all get along so well. So, you know, to explore that is a really cool thing. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and I will tell you folks, man, from a personal standpoint, uh, I am super excited about Rafi's character in season two. She was one of my favorites from season one. I think mm-hmm. she is a new kind of Star Trek character that we have not seen before uh, and one that the Star Trek universe really needed, actually, to be able to connect to 21st century human beings. So, um, mm-hmm. man, I'm on board. I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah. I think, yeah, and you are appreciated. I know that. <laughs> and those that are Rafi fans, do not forget, 2022 comes uh, sometime in 2022 comes out the fourth Picard novel, and this will be focused Ooh. on Rafi after Picard season one. Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> and this week. Book three came out, and this is Rios's book. Yeah. I can't wait. I got to, I got to, I got to read up. I got to do a read up for Book Nook. When I'm done with Book Nook, I'm going to that book. You guys, if you are not reading the Star Trek novels and or the Star Trek comics these days, you are missing out because we are literally gorging on Star Trek these days, and it's amazing. All of it. It's just so top-notch. It's not like, the, the, as Jim calls them, the pocketbook days. Uh, the comics mm-hmm. are not like the old Marvel and DC days. Man, all the stuff that's coming out now is really thoughtful and really like, focused on audiences uh, in the 21st century, which I think is awesome. Uh, responding to oh, society. Yeah. Been... Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, because the old book, didn't always they filled in backgrounds, but they didn't always match the stories. Whereas the ones that are coming out right now fill them in and like makes more flavor to the stories because it's still part of the stories, not some off tangent like a lot of the older books were. Yep, they totally fit in. Well, canon adjacent. Hmm. Yep, I was gonna say canon adjacent myself. Well, when instead of sitting there and just writing a book randomly. Now you're writing books trying to get your storylines from the writer's room. Yeah. When you got access to the writer's room, when you got access to the writers directly, it is it is great because you've got story you can sit right into the storyline. You can sometimes go in and they may say, Oh, well here's some stuff we didn't get to talk about. Oh, well, that fits right into the book. That's perfect for the book. Yeah. Yeah, some some of these discovery books that we've read, as I'm reading them, I, I'm reading them like I'm watching an episode. They're that good. Um, they really can are. I tell you, can I tell you Wonderlands? Wonderlands is the only Star Trek book that I, when I finished it, I literally turned back to page one and I started rereading it again. Ah. <laughs> I read the whole See, thing I, twice. I'm reading it really slowly because I'm enjoying it so much because I don't yeah. want to stop. Yeah, I read it twice. Well, <laughs> the thing is, something, 
something I've been talking with you two a lot about is when you're reading Dead Endless, when you finish mm-hmm. reading that, mm-hmm. and you go back and you look at Dr. Colbert, his statements are going to make a lot more sense, and it's going to make you like, oh, oh okay, he says that, that makes sense. Remember his conflict and how he says he was gone for a while. You're going to understand that time period a lot better. And you're like, oh, that's what he meant. So cool. Yeah, these these books are I like the, the pocketbook days. Um, I was hesitant to start reading Star Trek books again because of, of my, I don't want to say bad experiences, but. In the pocketbook days, you could write a book about anything you wanted, and it and it didn't matter. And and it it just got out of hand where I just stopped reading them because they just got ridiculous. But with these books, like Charles and Eric were saying, they fit right in to what you're seeing on the shows, like perfectly right in there. It's just a small episode that they that they didn't film, right? So when you yeah. when you read it, you're like. Oh, now I I get the nuances of what they were trying to do with that character, and now that episode makes more sense to me. That's what I love about it is it fills in all the detail. Because I will be honest, particularly on Discovery, that show moves fast, man. Like each episode is like, whoa, what just happened? You have to watch it two or three times to really even get it, right? And the books fill in so much detail that they're just not able to do in an hour-long episode. Well, they filled in a lot of the background story on that character Sahil or Sal. Sahil, and, uh, yeah, he, no, he's he's awesome. Yeah, he he's only in the episode for I don't know ten minutes, maybe, and uh, he's in that he's hope is you part one, one. Yeah. and then he's in that hope is you part two, and we don't see him mm-hmm. for the entire series except the beginning and the end, but he's such a pivotal yeah. character. And they build him up in Wonderlands so incredibly. It, it's it's really mm-hmm. good. But yeah. at any rate, I I him, uh, yeah, on the last episode when he was there, it, it made my heart happy because yeah. it was a book ending it, and it was such a big deal because he got to to be he had held on for, for Federation for so long, and now he's there. Just it was really. Out. Really good. Yeah. So, Charles, before we before we start talking about lower decks, it's leg day. Um, we we got to talk a little bit about Star Trek Las Vegas. So, what was it like manning the table with the Leslie Hoffman uh, sitting next to the Gorn? I really I'm green wow. with envy because I wish I could have been there. My whole the, all, all I wanted to do was meet the Gorn. And he sat next to you. I could have hung out with the Gorn the whole weekend. Instead, I had to hang out here with my legs up enjoying my pneumonia. So what was the convention like well, for you? Well, we could, we could almost say it's like, okay, we were between the Gorn and the astronaut. You know, oh, just, cool. Talking a lot. The, our neighbor on the other side, who was selling a lot of merchandise from his friend's collection, had been on the space shuttle. Whoa. He'd actually done a mission That's on the space awesome. shuttle. And he he was talking a lot of science questions with people. They wanted to talk space. He was talking all kinds of space in there. 
That's but cool. Leslie got, to, Leslie got to do a panel on mm-hmm. Saturday. It was mm-hmm. supposed to be for stuntful and stunt people, and I can't remember. Uh, background actors. Background actors. Stand-ins. Yeah, stunt people and, and stand-ins. And she was a little perturbed by saying, don't mix these two up. There's two different categories. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. okay, don't worry, Leslie. But she got through it. <clears throat> and we end up with quite a few people coming by to talk to her a little bit more. I actually talked to a friend on chat, and she's like, oh, I saw Leslie's a panel. She's like, I got inspired by Leslie. <laughs> cool. Oh, I want to get back into one of her activities because Leslie inspired her. In fact, fact, one thing we didn't have on the card, but I was trying when I could remember is to remind people that, that, oh, you love Leslie's story. Tell them, go into the Truck Talking Archive and go look for shows titled Sun Trek. That's Uncle Jim and Leslie's show. Leslie talking about her career and what goes on in Hollywood. And I think a lot of people, several people who heard that, was like, oh, I got to go listen to those shows. They want to hear more stories from Leslie. And I know she told me all, we, we'd have some pretty good stretches in there where the crowds were just not interested and kind of looking. Because Leslie knew the fact that everybody had a budget, and sometimes she fit into their budget. Off more often times she did, but the people would come by. She had a picture book. We had like, man, I wish she could get that picture. In fact, when you hear, if you were on the Leslie Hoffman Appreciation page, which I tried to remember to promote, also. I put a comment on there that she posted, that she approved and posted, which may seem a little strange. But somebody's like, "Oh, I wish you had a picture of your of your work in mass." And then somebody else walked up and said, "Weren't you in Scream 4? And Leslie's like, "Yes." And she was floored that somebody actually realized she was in that movie. Wow. And then she had fun because she also had, she didn't want to move around a lot, but Sandy Mm -hmm. Gimble came over and talked to her. And I can't think of the other actress's name who came over and talked to her. But we had fun looking at crowds. I got to get pictures posted sometime. We got a little bit of the Sunday parade, which is sort of unusual, but a lot of costumes this year, a lot of variation. I had fun one day as somebody walked by me, walked by the table as one of the uh, POS mirror costume type outfits. I think he did a little more himself. And I looked at him, I flashed the T-shirt I was wearing at the time, and said, long live the, empi- live the Empire. And he gave me a thumbs up <laughs> on that one. 
Didn't see any real detailed ones quite like the Rude. But also the fact that I didn't get to see the panel this year. Because of the table, mm-hmm. I didn't get to be in the main room, so I didn't see all the stories going on. So, there's a lot of activity going on, I can mention. Even if you're at the table the whole time, there's still a lot of activity going on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then, from the Windrunner side... Ironically, when Leslie went to her panel, Admiral of the Fleet was coming over to the Windrunners uh, booth to sit there and do some awards. And I said, got to thank you for all the hard work that all of us did, including myself and many others, to sit there and put the booth together and all the stuff we did uh, doing during the convention. There was a long weekend, and I know Leslie, we'll see how it goes with Leslie. You may hear some of the stories she had. She was a little upset at the hotel for a couple of incidences, but we got through them mm-hmm. and got through the convention. And Leslie finally got to go home Monday morning. I think was very happy to get back home, back to her pet, back to a calm routine instead of all the activity that was going on a lot at the convention because there was a lot going on. And sometimes there were some slow spots. And there's a funny shot in one of the pictures that floats around of a couple of people falling asleep at, somebody fell asleep at the Windrunner booth and somebody else decided to take napping and they got a picture of the two of them. Somebody got a picture of Leslie who did take a few cat naps on Saturday and Sunday. But we had a lot of fun. We wish Jim could have been there, but a lot of interesting activity. It was an interesting convention due to the fact that you were trying to keep track of who was going to be there. Because you're thinking, oh, this big star is going to be there. Nope, no, they're not. They can't. <laughs> so they picked up a lot of smaller actors to come in to do some of the panels and some of the spots because there were many cancellations. Some people were busy working. Some people had other things going on. Some people I think just didn't were scared to come in. I know in <coughs> autograph Leslie didn't get it and the Gorn didn't get it. But you were just autographs only and you weren't doing a table, then they actually did have plexiglass up to protect the actor, and I believe they were using some plexiglass also with the photograph. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there was a lot of time to make sure there was protection in there to keep people as healthy as possible. Yes, uh, yes, Eric, it is Bobby Clark. 
He loved saying the Gorn. It's Bobby Clark, who, who was one of, the, one of, I think, more than one actor who played the Gorn, but was the <coughs> most known and taking credit for that position. Well, but Charles, I just... Um... The one thing you'll see in the convention stock, the pictures I took, is everybody had to have face masks on inside. And you had to have a COVID shot or a negative, negative COVID test every 72 hours. So if you were there all five days, you had to take two negative tests. But safety was a priority in there. Well, Charles, I was I was disappointed. I was looking so forward to meeting you guys for the first. I haven't met you. I've been talking to you for years. You could be standing <laughs> right next to me, and I wouldn't know you. So I was really <laughs> looking forward to uh, meeting you guys, uh, and 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 meeting Bobby Clark. Uh, I just I yeah. could not go. Unfortunately, um, I couldn't make it. But <clears throat> I do want to say thank you to you and to David for helping Leslie out and for manning our table and making that possible for Trek talking to be represented at the convention, because without you guys, it wouldn't have happened. So uh, thank you so much for doing that for us and for all of our, our fans out there. Thank you so much. And uh, I sent you guys a little, a little something in the mail, kind of my way of saying thank you. So I really appreciate that. We appreciate it. Thank you. It was a lot of, it was an interesting weekend, few days. So, with that being said, guys, our phone number here is 646-668-2433. We're taking our final commercial break of the evening. But when we come back, it's leg day! <laughs> and we're going to be talking about lower decks. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after we hear this Star Trek Discovery Season 4 Teaser trailer. Dun, 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 dun. We are not in this alone. None of us are. We're all living in uncertainty. Even for a crew as familiar with it as this one. Stress taking its toll. But we are not in this alone. None of us are. Five light years across. That's the size of the gravitational anomaly. Where is it headed next? It could go anywhere. We may not have any kind of warning at all. Federation, non-Federation. This anomaly threatens us equally. Whatever it is, we'll figure it out together. Indeed, we are more than allies. Captain Burnham, make no mistake, you are in charge. She has faith in me. We are facing something we don't understand. Something that could tear us all apart. But there's only one way to confront the unknown. Together.
And we're back. I hope you guys are excited for Star Trek Discovery Season 4. I hope you're equally as excited for Lower Decks. And why? Because today is leg day. Why are you squatting? We're going to die. Stop that. I can't. It's leg day. That's right. It's leg day. And that means Star Trek Lower Decks. We're going to talk right now about Kajan, his eyes open. Second episode of the second season. And uh, wow, what can I say? Um, I loved it. I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. Um, I watched it when I got home from work and I wanted to watch it Mm -hmm. a second time, but I fell asleep. Um, I'm still getting over my my pneumonia and I just fell asleep and I woke up and it was over. So I'll have to go back and watch it a second time again later. But uh, David, did you get a chance to watch it yet? I have. And what did you think about it? What was your favorite part? What was your overall opinion? Ah, uh, oh, favorite part. Um, from beginning to end. <laughs> <laughs> I actually liked. I, yeah, I liked the whole thing. It was uh, pretty interesting. Um, I liked the whole Riker appearance. Um, I liked the whole <laughs> idea that actually to we do the whole favorite part, I would have to say the fact that, uh, spoilers, um, of course, uh, that Boimler got uh, copied from the transporter accident. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. The old Thomas Riker transporter mm-hmm. clone accident. <laughs> and this looks yeah. really familiar. <laughs> yeah, I think I've heard this to him before. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was yeah. Uh, it probably one of the better episodes even from one of the episodes in season one but overall it was really good I, I enjoyed it yeah I thought it I thought it was funny how the pack lids were hoarding snacks there was bags of cheese balls and Doritos <laughs> and stuff and they were upset because because they were stealing their snacks and I was like oh my god that's too funny <laughs> You know, don't, don't mess around with the pack lid snacks. <laughs> right. Even if it is like day. <laughs> that was funny. They did, they did try and armor them. You know, they, they stacked a big bunch of armor right on top of those snacks and those pesky Federation folks, they just went and found them anyway. Yep. They yep. wanted those Doritos. <laughs> so, uh, Shannon, did you get a chance to watch yeah. that episode yet? Actually, I just watched it twice um, because I didn't really care for the one last week. So I was I wanted to watch see if it was because I had a bad week last week, or but this one was just so much funnier. So I watched it twice before I came on today. So. It, it was funny. What was your favorite part? What yeah. was what was the funniest part for you? Oh, there were so many. Um, there was a lot. Well, I like the yeah, I like him being t- turned into a doll. Because he was okay. Otherwise, it would not have been funny. And then when the therapist comes in and is like, oh, I'm going to play with him. Did you not look at the side? Yeah. <laughs> and the side is like on a piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. Don't play with me. <laughs> yeah. But actually, the, the only part I thought was kind of not my favorite part was the very end where apparently all the clones are like smart asses. Oh, sorry. Like, you know, because... This one is going to be like, he's all like, oh, sure, I'll have a drink with you and blah, 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 like the other Riker did, you know. 
And it's you like, know, I, is that what happens yeah. with clones? They they just go off tangent. They're not on book anymore. So. Yeah, that, that was funny. And I I like I, yeah. the only thing I just the only thing that I think I think that they could have done different is that they let the cat out of the bag too early when Boimler was on the shuttlecraft talking about Riker cloning himself. And I think well, they could have changed yeah. they could have changed that line or put yeah. something different in there so that when they got to the end it it was more of a surprise than oh well they already told us they were going to do it but that's a minor thing. Well, that's okay. I wasn't I wasn't reading like it was like a fiction novel or whatever like something that were you looking for the end? I was just looking for entertainment, so I didn't catch that until it actually happened. Yeah. To be honest, I yeah. didn't expect it either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was great though. It was really great, and I love Riker mm-hmm. and I love his crew on the Titan. Mm-hmm. You know. And, uh, I'm surprised that Troy didn't make it in there. Yeah, well, well, you know, Marina moved. She moved back to the UK, and you know, yeah, a lot going on. She, she's down. She's down in you know doing her counseling thing somewhere on the ship. Right. <laughs> we know she's there. She would have toned him down. She would have toned yeah. all of them down. Like, don't go kill people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> they're gonna. Oh, this is a star state. Like, no, it's not. Like, we we know she's yeah. there. <laughs> Yeah. So, Eric, what did you think about Lower Decks? Well, I got to agree with all you guys. I thought this was a really, really strong episode. Um, Oh, my gosh, there's so much to talk about. Uh, So, yeah, the two biggest episodes, previous episodes that they referenced were, of course, the most toys from TNG. Um, That's episode three, or excuse me, season three, episode 22, uh, where we meet the collector who's trying to collect data, which, of course, they referenced a couple of times. And then um, the TNG episode Second Chances, uh, episode uh, 24 of season six, where we get Thomas Riker. So I love that they brought both of those in as major story elements. But man, what wasn't there to like here? You want to, it's like left and right hooks of references all through this thing. We get beta shift, right? They talked all about how there's four ships. <laughs> and of course, we get Jet yeah. from beta shift joining the team, you know? And remember how the, the previous ships have always kind of stared at each other with that stink eye? <laughs> so I just love that you got added to the team this week. Um, the opening scene before the credits with the sonic showers with Jet and Mariner are competing with one another. Hilarious. Um, the fact that they brought in the collectors. You know, go ahead, David. I was going to say, I didn't realize the sonic showers were so dangerous. <laughs> I know. I you can keep turning them up and up and up, and I love that they've uh, like blanked out all the all, everybody's like everybody's there showering yeah. together, right? No big deal. Right. But on television, they blank it all out uh, by pixelating <laughs> it, which is hilarious because uh, it's animated. I, I I don't know. I just love it. Yeah. Um, you got pixelated. So that third seat <laughs> on the bridge seems to be a little bit free flowing. I thought it was filled by the doctor, uh, mm-hmm. but apparently it can also be filled by Doctor Miglimo, uh, who is our food. A discussing uh, counselor um, because he was sitting in that number three spot. So I'm interested to see where that goes this season. Um, I, you know, I have so many references. You guys, I have all of the references here for all of the things that you saw in all of the menageries. So if you want to know that, let me know. Uh, <laughs> we saw the trombones. As far as I yep. know, we actually have never known the name of the race. 
of these guys. I think they were called like Children of Tama or or something like that before. Now I think Lower Decks is the first time they've been canonized as Tamarians. I'm pretty sure I'm right. Yeah, on that, I didn't but, know. Well, of yeah, course, it makes sense when we walked out, but yeah. Yeah, they mentioned Children of Tama in that episode, Darmok and Jalad, back in the day, but they don't yeah. actually say what the race name is, so that was kind of cool. I thought um, they said the name in the Star Trek uh, Next Generation episode. Watch it again. I am not sure that they do, because I actually watched it twice looking for it, and David, please prove me wrong, because I would love to be proven wrong, but I don't think they actually say it in the episode. Oh. So. I heard that that was the race, the name of that race. Well, um, that was somewhere before. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay, <laughs> that's cool. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Listen now. Yeah. Uh, okay, we got uh, Kalis's fornication helmet. I mean, come on. You <laughs> <laughs> being safe. No judgment. <laughs> All of that was <laughs> When when Tendi when Tendi calls him a, a, a sex depraved pervert, <laughs> not judging. That was so funny. That was so funny. Oh my god! Uh, you know, there's there's like I'm curious up in there. Like we get um we get Data's uh, obscure painting of a spot that he made, like his little uh, uh Picasso thing that he did of spot, which I think is awesome. We get Boimler talking. It was it was totally in there. Yeah, um, yeah. You okay, can find I can it. Watch, man. The third yep. time. I love when Boiler's talking all about the Enterprise D. He's like, you went to other dimensions. You yeah. fought the Borg. You insurrected. Speaking of that, I just so yeah. happened to have that soundbite. Oh, awesome. Okay, cool. He right. know he'd rather have boots on the ground. He must have been so bored on the Enterprise. I mean, seven years of what? Exploring? On a ship with five daycare centers. Are you talking about the D? Hey. The flagship? They went to different dimensions. They fought the Borg. They insurrected. They had regular string quartets. Wow, what a rush. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. I love it. I love it so much. But I love that one of the crew members was no. really uh, uh heavy accents of the British. I wonder if that was a reference to James Bond doll. I wondered about that because they're definitely I found um I think there was actually a Blade Runner reference in there too. Like they, they definitely have referenced other um uh <laughs> Sorry, franchises uh, in Lower Decks, which I just think is awesome. I want to leave plenty for for, um, Charles to talk about. So the last thing I want to talk about is the appearance of my my absolute favorite part of the whole episode, the appearance of Spock 2 from the Infinite Vulcan. We now know the fate of our 50-foot Spock from the Infinite Vulcan, from the animated series. And it turns out his skeleton is up. Oh my god! Menagerie. I was wondering what that was. <laughs> He's a zombie. <laughs> oh my god! Thank you. And his skeleton falls upon our lower decks crew. Uh, right. that's that's what what yeah. oh, I didn't recognize that. Yeah, dude, that's from the Fire animated series. Spot. I was wondering. Oh, yeah, I didn't connect five. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh wow! Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we've and actually, it's funny because we have talked a lot about the fifty-foot Vulcan on this podcast here and there, and wondered where he was, mm-hmm. where he was, and what he was doing. And they killed him. <laughs> and, and we and they killed him. And now we know how he died. <laughs> or we don't and know actually, how he died. Actually, body ends up. 
actually, uh, Eric, that's the second time that they that they reference the the Philogians in that particular episode because they mentioned the Philogians in season one, and now you know we see Spock mm-hmm. two in season two. That's the second time that they referenced that same episode. And they have. I'm gonna have to watch this episode a third time. Seriously. I know there's so much stuff, in, and Shannon, I haven't even scratched. Like there is so much stuff in here, and I love the fact that this series, every time they reference old Star Trek, they always mm-hmm. show it in an, an animated series style, regardless of whether or not it actually existed in the animated series. So right. I talked last week about how they showed Gary Mitchell. They showed like an animated version of Gary Mitchell, which we never yeah. saw before, right? <laughs> So right, because it's, now, it's all canon. It's all the same thing. Doesn't matter, I right? It. I just love it. Yeah. I love it. So I, I loved so, how they uh, they showed the um, uh, I forgot what the name of them was. The giant lava rock creature there oh, from yeah. the episode, the Savage oh, Curtain. Oh. And she oh. goes, "Oh, these these are Tamarian bones, or I forgot what the name of the race was. And they're very acidic. If you heat them up, and we can use them to to cut a hole through the wall. Oh, and then the if babies. you watch, yeah. If you yeah. if you watched when they're walking through the hall, when they when they see the fifty foot Spock on the ceiling, we also see in the far corner." We actually get to see uh, Abraham Lincoln with the hat yep. on, with the spear to his chest. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my God. From, from the episode Savage <laughs> Curtain, which I thought yeah. was oh, great. I gotta go back and watch the whole thing again. <laughs> and oh um, I love uh, the, the fact that um, that um, Mariner is playing with the headset from the TNG episode yeah. The Game. I, I saw know. that. That was the first thing I saw. Yeah. I'm like, what? Like, what are they doing? <laughs> like, from Wesley Crusher. Yeah. And of course, they had an they had an egg from the devil in the dark, in in one of the. Uh, I mean, I'm I was trying to write down everything that I saw as they were walking through, but there was just there was so much I couldn't get it all before I fell asleep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. I want to see I want to see what Charles Great. caught because if Charles didn't catch yeah. some of the things that I caught too, I got a few more things I because uh, oh, I think I'm gonna have to stop like stop every second to write all that stuff down because we're gonna miss it otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Charles, your turn. <laughs> uh, Okay, there's not a whole lot to bring up because everybody brought in a lot of my topics. One of the things I did have to say in the chat this morning was, how do we get Boiler back? Yeah. Well, we still mm-hmm. we go back and we steal one of the old TNG stories. There you go. But at Jim's point, when he's saying what well, they're giving away that story, the double, mm-hmm. he says that in that one room, but that's how he figures out how to get them out of there because mm-hmm. it tied into how Thomas was created mm-hmm. by reversing re- to modifying the drill to allow them to get the, to beam them out. So it's mm-hmm. Boimler's knowledge of TNG that allows him to save right. the day. Yeah. Storm, because yeah, he all knows yeah. all about why he knows all about what, how Thomas Rocker was created mm-hmm. and therefore remembers how they saved that crew and how to save his, that crew. So essentially, mm-hmm. Boimler is us, right? Because he's the one who's seen every episode of TNG. 
and he knows how this goes <laughs> down, and he knows how to solve the problem automatically, right? <laughs> exactly. But you realize it's a good time that he's a Star Trek nerd. He is. He's us. Annie loves to explore. It's mm-hmm. like there's so much that Titan does, but they go into battles. He loves the exploration that they do. But one mm-hmm. of the things I love in the scene is that Mariner and the other yellow shirt are so competitive with each other, trying to sit there and fight for control. And yet, how do they save each other? They go to the crew members. And the other two crew members say, well, I don't know what, oh, we could do this. Oh, okay, that would help us. That would get us into the into Jeffrey's tube where we could make it easier to get around. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, we turned to those two and said, oh, they figured out what the problem is. Because we gave those two major roles. Cindy and I can't think of his name at the moment. Rutherford. Giving those Rutherford. Two, yeah, giving Samantha those Samantha Rutherford. To give... I know his first name, but okay. Mm -hmm. And I, as Eric said, it's like, okay, we never see anybody using (coughs) bathrooms. Wow, we got to see them use sonic showers. Like, okay, well, that's something we never got to see in any series. And I love the fact that they threw that in there. It's like, okay, they take sonic showers. Great, we actually get to know a detail that we never knew about the ship because they didn't want to talk about that kind of situation. Right. So I like it's much better than bringing gel on each other in first. I'm sorry, guys. Go ahead, Shannon. I would say that's much better than the first, than on Enterprise when they were well, the original like the pre our yeah. Star Trek Enterprise. When they were rubbing stuff down with gel to sanitize each other. No, well, that was we uh, yeah, yeah. with that episode, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I didn't like that. <laughs> no, it was nasty. And then mm-hmm. it's definitely better on an animated show. I miss, I miss the giant yeah. fox. Now I understand <laughs> the blue shirts. I didn't quite understand on that one creature. He has wondering <clears> who the giant was. Now yeah, I get it. <laughs> As the reference to the game, the IP for the game. Mm-hmm. Yep, at the game. Eric's got, Eric's got a rundown of all the stuff he wrote down because I didn't get a chance to write down my references. But I did watch the episode before I went to work, got home from work, and said, I got to go see this again. This episode was just too good. I got to see it a second time. Mm-hmm. This is definitely in the top five episodes. Yeah, when when the giant Spock falls on the guy and Tendy says, oh "Well, maybe the maybe the sex helmet <laughs> saved him," and then the skull falls on him and flattens yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! It was just yeah, so funny. Uh, there's so much stuff in here, you guys, and we have covered a lot of it. Here are the things that I wrote down that may or may not be part, yes. and, and some of these I got online, and some I saw myself the first time around, but okay, so here we go. 
um, the Captain Picard paper mache head from Captain Picard Day from the episode The Pegasus is in there. The game from the game. Uh, there's a baseball bat and ball, possibly, you know, DS9 mm-hmm. reference. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a giant unicorn, possible Blade Runner reference, uh, if you've seen the director's cut of that movie. Uh, Marty nope. McFly's shoes from Back to the Future are in there. Uh, the oh. Terran Empire flag is in there, if you yep. look for it closely. Uh, Khan's necklace from The Wrath of Khan. Uh, oh the God. Valiant Flight Recorder from the TOS episode Where No Man Has Gone Before. I got that one online. I did not find that one myself. <laughs> because, are you kidding me, right? Um, let's see what else. Uh-huh. We got the Catan Probe from the Inner Light. We've, of course, got the Vulcan Lerpa Weapon from Amok Time. The, uh, mm-hmm. There's a bat list once again. Uh, an Andorian uh, dueling weapon. What's that called? It's called a, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, from uh, Enterprise, uh, there is a Mars rover, like the the uh, uh, oh my god, I can't remember the name. The most recent one, uh, Mars rover, is in there. Oh, yeah, there you go, Cassie. Yeah. Yep. Um, and there is Wait, they put a Jurassic in there. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and there is a crate <laughs> of Chateau Picard wine in there. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh. I'm going to stop every second to look at all this stuff now, really. I think you can, I've seen this episode about four times now, and I feel like I've seen more every single time. I was just enjoying the show. That's okay. I know. Right. Yeah, I, I tried to watch it a second well, time, love, but. I love how well, Captain Freeman has, like, yeah. okay, you're getting evaluation. Oh, Captain, you get evaluation. Oh, you're micromanaging. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, okay, I won't micromanage. <laughs> Sorry, I should have been micromanaging the crew to find out they were safe and not yeah. that they were risking their lives. Right. Oh, my God. We, got, yeah. we got to see the a lot of the bridge crew. Do I micromanage? Yep. <laughs> and I, I love the part when, uh, when Freeman says to... Freeman in this episode. <laughs> When Freeman says to uh, Tendi and Rutherford, where's Kajan? And she holds up the doll and she says, Kajan, when he turned into a puppet. <laughs> kind of yeah. like his own life. I, like, I didn't oh think it was like that. Like, oh, my God. Oh, awesome. the, the way they handled the language stuff was awesome. And let's not forget about yeah. street corn, right? They had, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. corn with, like, um, that was- like oh, some funny. kind of white sauce on them, like street tacos. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. And a piece of corn that gave I the one so I thought he'd have one on his collar, too, but okay. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh. I wish. Well, so that was the one bummer for, for uh, Boimler, too, was that the Boimler that had to go back to the Cerritos got demoted, right? He lost his half pet, which is yeah. a little bit of a bummer. Um I can't figure out if he did he get I can't remember did he actually get promoted before he went to the Titan or did he get promoted once yes. he got to the Titan? Yeah, I think he, he did get promoted going to the Titan. So he right. should still have his extra half pip on the Cerritos then, right? Apparently not. Huh. Poor Boimler. Well, maybe they don't know which one was which. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. I actually think uh, if you actually follow the discussion, I'm pretty sure. The one who says he's a clone 
goes back to the Cerritos, but I don't think he's the actual clone. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. Like, he says he's the clone. Like, remember, he's the one who steps forward, and then he's like, hey, I thought we were both going to step forward. Um, yeah, nope, so. that would be not a jumping. Because I just thought it was a clone thing. Yeah, <laughs> right. The one that left was completely different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a funny left. beaming Boimler off of the uh, planet. It was just like uh, got stuck. He's like, ah, ah. I know. Ah, I know. I think... How much did we love this episode, you guys? Wow, I love it. And oh, oh, did you notice? I thought was just sad. <laughs> did, did you guys notice that they changed the opening credits again? Yeah. They changed the music changed actually. Yeah, when uh, when the when the Cerritos shows up to battle the Borg, last week they added a Packlid ship. Yeah. And this oh. week they added under underneath that they added a Klingon bird of prey attacking. Oh, Oh, yeah. I thought the bird prey was in there last week. Uh, I didn't notice it last week. Maybe I I noticed I noticed the pack led ship, but I didn't notice the bird of prey. Yeah, I thought I was in there last week. I Which I noticed. Either way, it's super cool that they're changing the credits each week, which is exactly what Discovery mm-hmm. did, right? Remember how Discovery right. would add little things to the credits along the way to sort of clue you into what was going to happen? Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't want and to I love the that. I just love you, it. You don't use scripts skip that on most shows, but you can't do that in, anymore on Star Trek. That's right. I'm kind of sad that you didn't reference any tribbles. I know. I, I thought there'd be a little triple somewhere <laughs> with all the other stuff. David is sad when there are no triples in any episode. <laughs> well, okay. Speaking of the whole like the 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 scene shots, when those of you that were in Vegas, the guy that had a costume that he was holding the last screen of an episode, mm, he's an alien. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, he's on my I ship. Oh, is he really? I walked uh, right by him. I had to steal a picture from somebody to put in my camera reel, but I walked right yeah. by him, and like that was so creative. Leslie and I both said that I was did not so know. creative. I, did, I had seen a couple of costumes last time. It's funny because I didn't know him last time. We were both in Vegas, but we hadn't met yet, you know. And um, he always was like, "Oh, I'll make a costume," but now I expect him to make me a better costume. Now that I've seen that. <laughs> yeah, so to just clue in, clue in the listeners real quickly who may not have seen this online. So this gentleman that she was talking about, uh, if you remember the old TOS episodes, there was always this blue alien that they would show during the credits. And he actually, I don't think, shows up in any episodes. I don't in think actual- so. Yeah, well, yeah, actually he does. He's he actually does. He's in the Corbomite maneuver and he's Balak. Oh, he's the okay. pilot of the oh, giant Balak. ship. Okay. Who's actually okay. he's actually a puppet. He's not really a, a alien. He's a puppet. But this gentleman uh, who had the costume had that costume on, but with a clear like plexiglass uh, screen that showed his the credit that would typically play over his <laughs> face. Yeah. During the TOS episodes, so I just thought that was so clever and cool yeah. and such a neat way to like, mm-hmm. you know, bring some TOS flavor to that costume. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, guys, guess what? 
No. Oh, yeah, no. It's, it's that time again where we've burned up our time. And uh, but boy, did we have fun! Time flies when you're having fun, right? It's true. We had yeah. fun. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, as usual, uh, I have to go through my list. I, I have to say thank you to David for calling in tonight and hanging out with us. It's been a long time, David, but you're always welcome. And thanks for calling tonight. And hopefully, you'll have some free time and you can call us back again. Thanks a lot, David. Thank you. You're welcome. And of course. Shannon, there's always a chair at our table for Shannon, and I'm so glad that you Aww. called and uh, talked with us a little bit about the books and about Lower Deck, so mm-hmm. thank you so much, Shannon. I missed you all guys last week, so I'm glad I got, that you all got to see each other. Some some of you did. Some yeah. of us did. I, 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 soon. Yeah. I, I just laid around taking drugs. <laughs> and, well, that's a, that's a good reason. I've been in circuit convention <laughs> with an ear infection, and that was not fun. Okay. Yeah, I, I can relate. I, yeah. And, uh, yeah. of course, okay. thank you so much to Eric for hanging out and Trek talking with us tonight. Eric, mm-hmm. we couldn't do the show without you. Thank you very much. Oh, my gosh. I had so much fun today, you guys. Thank you so much. And, of course, last but definitely not least, uh, thank you so much to, to uh, Charles, uh, not only for hanging out and Trek talking with us, but for anchoring our table at the Star Trek Las Vegas yeah. convention for hanging out and helping Leslie because uh, I couldn't be there to help her. And I really appreciate Charles and David Bull, a different David, uh, for, for taking time to help at the table and to help out Leslie because none of it would have been possible without you guys and your help. So thank you so much on both counts, guys. Okay. And by the way, for fans who are saying, well, wait a minute, what about this picture? Go look on the Trek Talking the podcast, Trek Trek Talking page. I just posted it, and you're looking to look yeah, at that. That looks yeah, yeah. not a yeah. screen cut, but no, that's actually the person in cosplay. Well, well, it's just funny because the fact that if you see it, you go, oh, oh yes, I remember. Even if you don't remember ever seeing it before. Yeah. Yep. On every episode. Yep, every episode, every episode. Yep. And, of course, uh, so I want to thank each and every one of you guys for listening, no matter where you're from. We all appreciate it. And we couldn't do the show without you guys. So thank you so much for tuning in and Trek Talking with myself and my Trek Spurts and David and Shannon. We appreciate it. And you're always welcome here. There's always a table, a chair at our table for you. And I'm talking about you, that, that dude in Australia. Yeah, you, that guy. I'm talking to you specifically. <laughs> There's always room for you at our table. Please head over to our Facebook page, Truck Talking and Beyond, and uh, give us a like, give us a follow, and tell us where you're listening from, and maybe you can be heard in a fan shout-out on a future show. Next week, we're going to be talking about Star Trek Lower Decks Episode 3. I don't think the title has been announced yet. I like to I like to get that out ahead of time, and I couldn't find it prior to showtime. But whatever the title of of episode three is, we'll be talking about that next week. We'll have Star Trek birthdays, we'll have Star Trek news, and we're just going to hang out and have some fun Trek talking. So please join us if you can. Phone number never changes. It's six four six 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 eight two four three three. I want everybody to be safe, be good to each other. 
I'm your Uncle Jim saying hailing frequencies are closed. And good night, everybody. Good night, y'all. Yay. Live long and prosper. Peace and long life. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.